Welcome to IT for Whiskey, a podcast for new or existing managed service providers and your occasional whiskey connoisseur. My name is Myron Herrera. My company is Cinetech Solutions. Uh, we are a MSP based out of Dallas. I'm also the CEO of Greenland Networks, which is a voice over IP uh, channel only uh, based out of Dallas as well. Business started in 2004. My name is Joe Ucia. I'm the CEO for Infinite IT. We're located out of Toronto, Canada. We're an MSP. We were originally founded in 1999. Many years in the working and here we are. So we hope that you really get a lot out of this podcast and learn the things that I wish somebody would have told me. Hi, welcome back to the next episode of IT for Whiskey. My name is Joe Ucia, and like usual, I am here with one of my best buds in the whole world. One of your best buds? That's it? I better be on the top. There's only three in the whole world that are my best buds. The best bud in the world. All right, the best bud of the best. Hello, everyone. So what's going on, man? What we're going to talk about today is failure, aren't we? Isn't that topic du jour? The tough times. Tough times. Dealing with the hardest things in life, dealing with failure, dealing with you know the rough times. Everyone thinks that the life of an MSP owner is glamorous and glorious, you know, but they don't, they don't see the dark side. It's not an easy life. I can tell you that firsthand. Yeah. When you start as an MSP, and we've talked about this plenty of times before, when you start as an MSP, you most likely, you know, now you're getting some more advanced people that are, you know, that are business majors and are coming into the business, you know, to run it as an op- you know, business operation. But for the most part, an MSP is a technical, a really good engineer that said, what the hell? I'm going to go ahead and, you know, start a company and try to do this on my own. They'll get a partner or not get a partner. Um, and then they quickly realize that they have to run a business. It's not just the, the computers and the systems and the networks and the security and all that other stuff. So that's when the headaches come. That's when, you know, some of the challenges come and some of the failures come. Very, very true. God knows, you know, failure is not a bad thing. You know, there's a lot of quotes out there uh, that talk at failure and how failure is how you grow and you learn and et cetera, et cetera. It, it, it's not a, always a bad thing. Uh, it sucks sometimes, you know, it's like when you're, when you really want that new customer and you've put all your effort into the proposal and, and the sales cycle and whatnot, and they awarded someone else and you can't understand why you know, that, that, that's a bummy feeling. That's like a dark moment kind of thing, but you're deflated. Just learn from it. Yeah. For us, when we started, a lot of people know my educational background and, you know, all those failures were my university. Those were the things that, that taught me. So it, it is very difficult, but it is also a learning process. So if you can take those difficult times and learn from them, you know, I'm not saying that that makes it easier, you know, at the moment, at the moment you're, you're like, and it still happens even till today. There are days where you, you, you have a really, really rough day. And the thought of your mind goes through and says, I, what if I sold this whole thing? You just got out. I can't take it anymore. I mean, that happens and you're not alone. If, if you're experiencing this, if you're listening and you're experienced that in the past, you're not alone, but it's how quickly you take a moment for yourself, you regroup and you say, how am I going to challenge, you know, take this challenge on. That's really the, the, the key because everybody has it. And, and, you know, like, like Joe, like you said, you, you got people talking, you know, whether it's on social media, memes or whatever, 
you know, everybody goes through that. Everyone goes through that from the, the, the top of the top to little startups in every single industry. So you're not alone. A good friend of mine, he's um, a senior executive at uh, one of the major manufacturers. I'm not going to name the company or his name because I didn't ask his permission, but I'm going to give you a scenario where, you know, when you see him, he's always smiling. He's always happy. He's always calm. Kind of look at that going, man, this guy's got the life. He's making the big bucks. He's a senior VP at a big brand company, like one of the global brands. We all know the, the company name if we weren't to mention it. Et cetera, et cetera. And, and over the, the last 15 years, he and I have become pretty good friends outside of the, the work arena. And he's kind of opened up and he's like, you have no idea. Usually the bigger my smile, the harder the day. That's right. That's typically the case. That's just how you have to handle it. He says, he said to me, you know, uh, I remember this one conversation. Uh, we were actually at a, an industry event golfing and we got paired up. So we got a lot of time to talk that day. And he said to me, you know, I, I really doubt most people, if they knew what my day was like, my day to day was like, they probably would say it's not worth it. But the way I look at it is, you know what? Someone's got to do it. I'm up to the challenge, et cetera, et cetera. And he loves what he does, but it's, it's tough. So the most interesting thing about him is, you know, he was very specific in, in, in one of our conversations about failure and what failure is and or means kind of thing. And, and the only thing that you really need to, to be concerned with is when you fail, you know, learn from it, you know, think through why did this happen? How did this happen, et cetera, and just become a better person because of it. That's the only thing you can really do. And the reality is uh, as an MSP, especially if you're a smaller operation, the biggest struggles are going to be, you know, getting that account those are going to be your your biggest struggles you're or losing an account that you've you've worked so hard and it feels like you can't do anything right for that account those are terrible situations and it's going to happen over and over and over again it doesn't matter if you're a two-person operation or a 100 person operation those things are going to happen right and you you what you got to do is you obviously get over it no other way to say it but just get over it and then Focus on how do you, you know, lower your risk for a small player. I mean, you took this big account that carries, you know, 40%, 50% of your business. That, that is a huge risk. So if you lost that, that's going to create one of those terrible days. So you want to, you know, lower your risk by, you know, diversifying, making sure that you have more than, you know, and that, that percentage is potentially less than 20% of your business for your largest customer. And that de risk it doesn't make it any better because if you lost it, you, you'd still be, you know, in a, in a really bad day, but it allows you to recover from it. So, and that's just one example. And you just got to continuously look at your total operation and how do you improve it, which, you know, we, we, ha we have the topic of getting out of your comfort zone. And that's potentially another entire podcast. The only way you can get out of these situations is by getting out of your comfort zone. And, and, and it's really interesting because, um, you know, there are days where, you know, I, I literally go home and everyone's like, what's the matter? Are you okay? So, be fine. I need minutes. Give me space to, let's say I go in my basement or my backyard or wherever it is. And I pour a drink <laughs> and I decompress and it's, it's amazing. Sometimes you need that 15 minutes to, to decompress and, and deal with That's right. transitioning from the work mode to the, the home mode. And it's, it's, it can be hard some days, you know, like I, I was recently in, in Europe and uh, on vacation and 
Now, there was a couple of times I had to deal with things back home and everybody, one example was my, it was my cousin's birthday and we did a big bonfire on the beach and everything. And uh, it's six hours ahead there uh, from, from local time where I am. It was like nine o'clock at night there. It was three o'clock in the afternoon here. And I had to walk away from the, the 50 people that were on the beach eating this, that, and the other. And I literally went, it was dark. And here I'm sitting in the dark by myself, like 100 feet away from everyone to, to talk on the phone and deal with things. And everyone's like, are you okay? Are you I'm like, I just got to, got to, I'm fine. I got to deal with things, right? Yeah. Just sometimes you got to deal with things. And, you know, it really, yeah, it, I'm not going to lie. It does suck that as an, as an owner, you, you really can never unplug fully or totally. But at the same token, you know, these are the things that, when you look at it from the outside, these people say, oh, you know, you're an MSP owner and you're doing well and you've got this and you've got that and the, the materialistic side of things. And personally, I don't care about the materialistic things. I, I'm doing this for a lifestyle, quality of life more than anything than than the materialistic things. But I'll tell you. But that's part of the quality of life. Agreed. But the dark moments of dealing with problems, you know, the other side of the planet and it's night and you're with family and you're in a happy moment and you get pulled away from that because you have to deal with it now. And it's unfortunate, you know, and I can tell you, and, and, I, and I, I don't mean this in a bad way, but I can say wholeheartedly and confidently that when my staff go on vacation, they unplug and go on vacation. Absolutely. Because I get some of the calls or other people get the calls and I see the workload being distributed. Whereas I can't really do that for the, the major, the, you know, the, the big things, right. Day-to-day -day customer interactions. Absolutely. But any of the big stuff doesn't work that way. And, and, it, and again, that was because of a failure that we had last week and I had to deal with it to overcome the failure. And it is what it is. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you, you touched on a couple of things. I want to, I actually took notes, which I rarely do. The whiskey's starting to kick in, so I want to make sure I don't forget. Well, wait, 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 wait. Since you wrote it down, why don't you tell me before you get into that, what are you drinking today? No, let me, let me, let me, let me talk about it and then we'll get into the whiskey. You talked about decompressing. And I think one of the biggest problems today is that, especially those that have a, either a hybrid environment or they're working from home, that they, you know, before you you're working out of your office and you're driving home and that time gives you the ability to decompress a bit right potentially either listening to a, your favorite podcast or something like that but now if you're working from home and you step out of your maybe home office and now your kids jump at you right away it's like immediate and you don't have that decompression so it is really important if you're not doing this today to make sure that you 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 talk to your family, you know, your and and find a way to say, hey, when I when I come out and I'm done with work, give me 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes to go, whether it's a basement, whether it's whatever it is, backyard, yep. and just get a second of decompressing because it's just really hard to, you know, put things back together in your in your head. So that that's one one comment. And and the other piece is that, you know, everybody thinks, oh, you know, oh, you're successful MSP or successful business owner or whatever the case is. But then, you know, they only see the highlights. True. The highlights are all your social media posts, right? They see that you're at a conference in Orlando or a conference in Vegas and, you know, and they're like, look at this guy, look at this woman, just, just enjoying life, traveling, doing all these things. But they don't see the, the flip side of that, right? Like 
you know, I know from, from the Greenlink side, right? Like when the team is out and traveling or even on the Cinetech side, it just happened recently with, with Nancy, she was traveling home and her flight got delayed and ended up laying over in a different airport. And she was stuck there for like four hours. And eventually, you know, it, you know, that doesn't make it to social media. That doesn't make it to, you know, to, to all the things that everybody sees, you know, I mean, I remember one time I was, I was coming back from a Greenlink event in Ohio flight got canceled to Dallas. I got put on a plane that took me to Chicago. Uh, I landed in Chicago and if anybody's flown into O'Hare, you oh, totally yeah. understand this. There's a delay. There's a delay in O'Hare. Now the flight is, you know, pushing to 12 o'clock at night. Then all of a sudden they can't get pilots to fly the plane. So now I'm sitting in an O'Hare airport and it's like 3 a.m. because at 5 a.m. I'm on the first flight. It made no sense to go to a hotel. I got a million points and it doesn't matter. It doesn't make sense to use them anyway. You know, I'm sitting at the airport at 3 a.m. in the morning. You know, here I am successful. I got multiple businesses, you know, almost 100 employees. But Nobody sees that, no. you know, and, and not only that, but I was rushing to get home because I wanted to be there for my kid's first day of school. So, I mean, nobody sees those things. So you're not alone is what I'm trying to say. And, 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 you know, don't let people, you know, what people say, get to you, you focus on what you're doing and there are going to be challenges. There are going to be days that you want to give up. Don't give up. You know, if anything, put together a group of friends that you can talk to. I mean, there, there are days that I'm having a, a terrible day. And I call one of my best buds, not my best bud, in Canada. And we talk about wow. We talk about those struggles, and wow, we get through we it. We went there. Yeah, we went there. <laughs> You're talking about Chris, right? We're talking about Chris for sure. <laughs> of course. But the important piece is to have you know that support structure. Uh, there are definitely people in the industry yeah. that are willing to be there um, and help you through it, whether they're bigger or smaller than you, but they have a different perspective and that different perspective will help you get through that challenge that you have whatever the challenge is so now we can talk about whiskey and and i was going to say and you're spot on on that because um there's there are a couple of uh, people that i have noticed are starting to talk about the downside uh, i've seen it some posts on uh on linkedin as of late that they're like Oh yeah, look at this. Oh yeah, look at that. And, and you know, oh, I got delayed here. I got delayed there. Blah blah blah. So I, I have been. It's starting to. I don't want to use the word normalize, but you know, people are starting to. You're starting to see it. Starting to see it that people are getting fed up. I I will say like I I've gone through the whole delays airports, sitting, at, until one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning, and. Then uh, that's when they tell you, oh, yeah, well, well, your flight's not leaving. And then you get rerouted to San Francisco and then this and then that. Yeah, I've gone through that myself. It's it's painful. It's like raw for me because it was like yesterday I was in Chicago O'Hare and flight, you know, random normal day flight got delayed. Supposedly the tires were no good. They had to replace the tire. We ha After being on the plane for an hour and a half, they made us deplane. Then they push the flight by three and a half hours. We finally get on the plane. We get in. We're flying. And then in the flight, they say, okay, there's a storm. And you now have to kind of linger there. So what a two-hour flight would have been turned into about an eight-hour journey. So it, it's, it happens way too much, right? I just, I now don't get stressed over it anymore. I just don't, I'm like, whatever. Just go with the flow. It is what it is. 
Well, and, be, and beyond the stress, beyond the stress is that is that people again the outside only see only see the the good stuff. It's most likely you're not. A lot of people don't post when they're stuck in their airport, or they're not posting when they lose a customer. You know, they only see the wins. You know, you post when you've made a great achievement. You know, and and you should, and that's that's okay. And you know what I mean. There's not nothing wrong with that. But people only see the good things when when postings happening. So they assume that everything is great. You know. So, it, it, but you're not alone. The whole thing is you're not alone, especially if you get home. And you decompress, maybe get yourself a little glass of something, something, you know, like like I'm doing today. Um, I personally am drinking one of uh, Ricky's favorite drinks, which is uh, Glenfiddich. Uh, he's constantly posting online that he's got a Glenfiddich, you know, drink going on. Um, so I, I went ahead and got the Glenfiddich uh, 15. Um and it's okay, actually. I, the first taste, yep. it's got a little bit of a, that peaty aftertaste, that smoky aftertaste, which I'm not a big fan of. I, I think I've made that pretty clear over the years. But, you know, you let it water down a little bit and, you know, hey. No, you let not? it breathe. That's the term. You let it breathe. Both. You let it breathe and water down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will I will say the Glenfiddich and I we're not the best of friends. The 18s actually okay. I do I don't mind the 18, but I won't purposely go out and buy it. This summer's been a weird summer in our liquor stores. A bunch of new Canadian whiskeys are starting to pop up. And it almost feels like the industry is maturing in Canada and they're all starting to grow up. And we're starting to see things like age statements. You know, for example, there's some that say that they're seven, 10, 12, whatever years old. And then you have single malt and you've got, you know, triple cask and you're starting to see all these different uh, definitions pop up. And it's, and, and some of them are pretty good today. I'm, I'm, I, I just actually picked this up today for the show. It's called high river. Um, it's actually not bad. I'm kind of impressed for the price point, especially pretty darn good. It's soft. It's smooth. Nice. No afterbite. No, it's not harsh. It's not a bad drink. I don't have a lot of Canadian whiskey experience. You know, that's something that I got to... Buddy, neither do I. got to dive in more. I've, I've said it over the... Over calling it what it is, but this is four years we've been doing this show as of this month, right? Oh, yeah. Congratulations. Happy anniversary. Yes. Yeah, happy anniversary. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I've said it over the last four years. I've said it several times. Canada doesn't have any whiskey worth mentioning only thing that we had for a while was the alberta springs premium the one that's you know one of whiskey of the year and that was actually pretty good and uh the fact that they make some whistle picks i haven't opened that bottle yet oh really you gave me a bottle that yeah. i haven't opened it yet oh wow yeah, maybe for the next episode and uh and that one's but that one's cask strength so you gotta let it breathe or you can't drink okay it. uh you know and the fact that they make some some of the whistle pigs and whatnot so Okay, that's great. I like whistle pig. So yeah, we do have some stuff, but I've never been as impressed as I have in the last, let's say three to six months. I've been discovering all, and they're new. They're, they're just showing up. And it was actually one of the guys, it's bad to say this. I know one of the guys that works at the, at the, uh, what we call LCBO, the liquor store. I've met him because I go in there like often. Just There are times where I'll drop someone off and I'm like, I'm going to go see what they have. 
I walk out with nothing. I just go to walk around. Some people do that with Home Depot. Some people do that with Costco. I do that with the liquor store. I just like to go and wander the aisles. Yeah, so do I. Just, right? So do I. It's funny. And it's it's interesting to see the, the evolution up here that, you know, there's some Canadian pride starting to happen, and finally, especially with the whiskey. So uh, 2022 has been the year that I'm starting to discover Canadian whiskeys, and I'm kind of liking them. It's like 2020 was the year that I discovered tequila. Never liked it before, but then I realized it's because what I was drinking was terrible. I found the good stuff. Yeah, we do you know we we gotta do we gotta do a tequila episode. I, I I'm mean, all over that. Let let us know through social media. Going back to first the Canadian whiskey, I think we gotta put a list together so at least I can go buy a couple of things, Joe, that I can try. And then maybe we can either talk about it more in the in the next episode or maybe have it posted up on our webpage or something like that. But, you know, going back to the topic, I think that, you know, people struggle constantly. And there there is the, there is a point where you got to say, OK, I've had enough and I could potentially be having a better you know, lifestyle somewhere in a different industry or, you know, working for someone or something like that. Um, that's okay too. Obviously, a lot of you know that we acquired the, the Sabino Group. You know, and brought and they came on board with us. They had enough of having those tough days, and they'd rather be with a bigger team, which is which is awesome. So you know, there's there's also other avenues, you know, or just exit out completely. I've seen people do that too. I mean, I have, I have one friend um, that he wouldn't want me to talk about his name and stuff, but he exited out completely and said, you know what, I'm I'm done, and I'm just gonna focus on a different industry. Um, so, you know, there, there are those days, but don't allow little things that even though they seem like, you know, incredibly massive things, you know, cloud your judgment. You, you, you get through those tough days. And typically if you are full focused on your business, you know, those doors that close down are typically opening others. I know that's a cliche kind of, you know, comment or whatever, but the reality is that that, that is what I've seen yeah, I agree. over the last 20 years. I have totally seen that, you know, something closes and something else bigger opens up, you know, just, just a few days and month later or whatever. Um, so, you know, keep pushing. How do we face and process failure? I'm, I'm going to give you a, a real life secret situation that we went through a few years ago. So about uh, 10 years ago, we acquired this new customer um, and they, over the course of three, four years, grew to become our number one customer by revenue. At that point, the the scary thing for us was they were like 70% of our revenue. They grew that big that and real quick and great customer. We still to this day, deal with them, work with them. But there was a change of guard that came in at a senior VP level because uh, they're a fairly large company. And his words, and I'll never, these words shook me. You want to talk about failure and, and being scared? He said to me, I come from the construction industry. I don't know how he got hired doing what he's doing, but whatever. And in the construction industry, we have all our trades and we have to spread the wealth you're taking up 80% of my budget and the other 20% is HR. So something's wrong here and I don't like it. And I said, okay, I can appreciate that, but you know, this is the situation and this is why, and your predecessors 
signed off on it. Like we did our job. Yeah, well, I need to spread the wealth. I need to spread the love. I can't have everything with one. And I understand the risk factor that, you know, keeping all your eggs in one basket as a customer, et cetera, et cetera. But um, at that point there, we had already, you know, this was so after four years of them being a customer, they, they were our number one. And this is now fast forwarding at four more years later or, or three years later. But by that point, I was already scared saying, you know, this is great that we're making all this money with them. And, but I can't have all of my eggs in one basket as a company because that one customer fires me. I'm out of business. It's too risky. Right. So thankfully we, we had the foresight. Um, and it was actually Chris's dad, um, many years ago that said, uh, in his experience, because he's also self-employed and, and has his own company. And it was Chris's dad that said to us, he goes, look, you know what I've learned in, in all my years of being in business is that the typical lifestyle for life cycle for a customer is eight years to be at their efficient, like optimum. That is the typical life cycle. And after eight years, something always happens. And that's eight years is this magic number. And, and it, ironically, he was so spot on on this one. And anyways, long story short, today, fast forwarding it, they're no longer on our top 50. Uh, I wouldn't even put them on our top 100 anymore uh, for how much that business, you know, we lost a lot of that business, but it was honest losses. It was like, you know, they, as opposed to them being strategic to a vendor, that everything went to tender, 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 tender. And that's not our strong, we're not a strong RFP customer, but because we were the incumbent, we, we bid on it and we didn't want to lose the business. Otherwise we never do tenders because we we're really bad at doing RFPs. Because we're not a, a cheapest price company. That's not our business model, right? So we don't play well with RFPs. Anyways, long story short, the irony is one of the, 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 the employees left before we, you know, before everything went downhill uh, with, with respects to revenue. One of them left and went to another competing firm who was on the upswing. And at the time, there were only 90 employees. They are now larger than the previous company. And that company has now become our- He brought you guys over. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and the best part is with this company, with the new companies with, we have like quarterly meetings with the CEO and the president and the CFO. And we have like face-to-face in-person meetings on a regular basis, if not on video, et cetera, et cetera. So we're very entrenched and very sticky. And we've saved their bacon many, many, many a times in the last four or five years that- um, you know, they're like, we, we couldn't imagine working with anyone else. And this is just, it's a good trust relationship. Right. But my point is that even though at the time when we knew we were losing the business and there was nothing we could have done to avoid it because the new senior VPs didn't even want to talk to us because they, they didn't like that. Everything was with us. They hated, that was it. We did nothing wrong, but they hated that. Yep. And because that they wouldn't even give us FaceTime, they wouldn't respond to our emails, the writing's on the wall. There's, it, it is what it is. Like we did lose that significant customer that was putting more than seven, seven digits a year in revenue into our pockets, right? It was a significant piece of business, but we filled it in the meantime. And guess what? We were depressed about it. And then we saw the opportunity. We're like, hey, this is, you know, this isn't so bad because now it forced us to diversify our customer base. We learned from it and we thankfully had started doing it beforehand and, you know, we didn't feel it. Yeah, it sucks, but you learn from it, right? You know, and the funny thing is that story, I can relate to it. We, we had a very similar scenario, but not only that, but me telling my story to, you know, friends in the industry, I've heard at least 
five other MSPs that have had this very similar scenario where a very big customer you know, all of a sudden either cuts down the amount of business they, they send over to, to that MSP or you know management changes and they're cutting them out completely. But the important piece there is also making sure that you have really you treat people well because those executives are going to move. They're eventually going to go to another right. company. And if you've had you have a great relationship with those executives, they're going to make sure that when when IT is not working out wherever they're going, they're going to pull you in. And that is the best way you can rebound from a situation like that. And I, again, I, not only has it happened to us, but you know your story, but I've heard it at least five other times. I think it's a tough industry. MSP, the MSP gig is not an easy gig. There's always all these moving parts and vendors changing programs like the big Microsoft changes here and how it affected everyone in the industry. Yep. And it's just like stuff like that is going to happen all the time. And it happens in every industry. It happens in every, it happens in every industry. In every industry, right? The key message that I want to send out to all our listeners and to my, my fellow peer MSP owners is, I, I hate to say it this way, but we got to suck it up. We got to move forward and learn from it and make the best out of it. The old antage of taking lemons and making lemonade is so true in our industry. And if I didn't love lemonade so much, I would probably be underground by now. That's just the, you know, you just yeah. got to do what you got to do and, yeah. and don't let it get the best of you. Put together a group, group of people that you can talk to on those very tough, dark days. Right. If I didn't have Joe to talk to on those tough days, it, it would be really hard. Obviously, I, I have, a, you know, I can always go to Giovanni as well. For sure. You know, but you, sometimes you need somebody from the outside, not, not somebody from the inside. You know, people like Joe and, and other friends that I have in the industry are the ones that, you know, help you through that tough time. So hopefully this is very helpful to you. Hopefully you learned a couple of things from this episode. Follow us on all the social media you know, platforms, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, MySpace. Follow us everywhere. <laughs> I think we're going to do a kick page soon too, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. With that, we're out. Have a good one. Thanks, everyone. IT for Whiskey. A podcast by MSPs to help MSPs. Don't forget to spread the word, like, and subscribe at it4whiskey.com. You smoke that Cisco and you may uh, DDoS yourself. <laughs>